My missus decided to unplug the Wi-Fi and plug the Christmas lights on. Middle of fucking November. On this episode of the podcast... We get into this weekend's Premier League games, including the massive matches between Tottenham and Man City and Leicester City and Liverpool. Also, who is this week's Formax One Toffee Dickhead of the Week? Sit back, relax, crack open a cold one. It's time for Formax One Toffee. Right, here we go, boys. First Game event. time. Newcastle versus Chelsea. <laughs> Newcastle are going to cause a bit of an upset here, I think, boys. Uh, I had to, be, had to be controversial. Love I it. Newcastle are one of Chelsea's bogey teams. I've always noticed it because obviously, because my dad. Yeah. I always say, I think Newcastle will get a result. I agree with Dale. Yeah. What score do you say, Dale? Um, well, I'm just looking at the last the last few fixtures at, at Newcastle's place. Um, January they won one nil. Um, 2018 they got beat two one, but then won three nil as well. And they've also had a two two draw in there recently. So maybe I don't know, mate. I don't know, like a two a two one. Possibly for Newcastle, um, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they went behind first and and, and got two goals and come behind and won. Um, but yeah, I think Newcastle might just cause a bit of an upset there, give them a bit of a bit of a tough game. Two one Newcastle, fuck you now, brave call. Is this gonna be one of them ones where Lee texts us an hour after the call and says that he messed up with his mm-hmm. prediction and then but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it nearly came in. True. I'm going to say, I don't think that they'll win. I think it'll be 1-1. I think it'll be 1-1, and I uh, I hate Harry Kane. I think he's shit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me started on West Brom. I'm, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go Chelsea 2-1 and I think Newcastle will go 1-0 up. Exact opposite to what Dale said. Ooh. I, I'm going to follow on from that and I'm going to go Chelsea 3-1. I, I don't think Newcastle have a chance, really. Um, I think Timo Werner is coming on strength and strength at the moment. Uh, scoring another two goals for Germany the other day. Uh, although they are getting beat 3-0 uh, by I'm just going to say that they're getting absolutely hammered tonight. Uh, but I just think Chelsea. You said it earlier, Josh. They've they've started to settle now and they have started to get a few results going. And I think the prospect of them, if they win that game, I know it's only for going to be an hour or two, but they'll be top of the league. And I think they'll be right up for that. So I'm going three-one Chelsea. I'm going to I'm going to say two-nil Chelsea because I think they're looking. I agree with you, Danny. I think they're looking very good, but they're especially looking settled at the back. Apart from Sheffield United last week, which was a well-worked goal, to be fair to Sheffield United, um, did not concede in 
fucking, I don't know how many games. Mendy looks class at the back. He seems to have a bit of structure and a bit of organisation. Uh, I think they'll nick a couple of goals. So I'm going to say 2-0 Chelsea. I think the big one for Chelsea like, is the confidence of Thiago Silva finally starting to show through. I think Thiago Silva has been, he had a really rough start against West Brom. But I think after, I can't remember what the game was after that, but after that game, he's been brilliant. Yeah. He's been absolutely fantastic. It's, it's a shame we were talking about him in the next of the day. It's a shame that he probably could have gone down as one of the best defenders we've seen as a, of a generation if he didn't spend six, seven years in France. Like, he's, he, he, a few years earlier, we, we would talk about him for so much longer than we will after he retires. Well, if, if Chelsea yeah. win the league this season, he still could. He could go down as a... Yeah. You know... Well, uh, him and Mendy sorted out that defence. Yeah. I mean, Mendy came out of nowhere. I don't think any of us had really heard of him until they signed him. No, <clears> I haven't. Who had heard of Petr Cech? Spain have just gone 5-0 up against Germany. Oh. <laughs> Spain is shit as well, though. Is that Ferran Torres again? He's got a hat-trick tonight. Yeah. Um, speaking of games that could go 5-0, Aston Villa-Brighton. <laughs> oh, God. I think I think it'd be closer than people think this. I think maybe 1-1. 1-1? One, one. One, one. What's your reasoning behind that? I think that... Brighton, they have been having a tough time and they need to start getting results quick. So I, th- I just think that Aston Villa may have gone a, a step far with their performances and I've just got a feeling that they've got another one in them like they did against West Ham. So I think I don't think they'll, loot, they'll drop all three points, but I think that it'll be a draw. It'll be a closer one than people think 1-1. I know that Barkley and... Grealish are playing well at the minute, but it's just one of them where everyone's going to expect them to be like balling. And I think that I just think that they might just get shown up a little bit on one. Chris, what are you thinking, mate? Do you know what? I think I think McGinn has been away with Scotland, pulling off miracles. I think Grealish has had a few hard games with England. And, and he'll probably be absolutely fucking knackered, even though he's a professional athlete. I think they might come back a bit flat this week, Villa. And I think yeah. Brighton might take advantage. Like, yeah, I, I, I probably do agree with you, really. And I think, you know what? I think Brighton might pull off a win away from home. I'm going to say 2-1 Brighton. Brave call, I know. But I, I just... Somebody doesn't win the predictions league. <laughs> <laughs> Incoming Brighton coming to form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for the video of your face next week. <laughs> oh, go on, Dale. You've got to follow on from that, mate. Um, do you know what? I, 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 I'm agreeing with Chris and <laughs> oh, Lee. To a, to a degree. To a degree. Um... Obviously, I do think Villa have had a few players obviously out on international duty, um, which could obviously have a bit of an impact. Um, I still, 
I think they may just edge it, but I don't think it'll be a very, very good game to watch, to be honest. I think it'll be very scrappy, very, very tight. Um, probably a, a shitty 1-0 or something like that to Villa. They'll just probably just nick it, I feel. Just nick it. Josh, please save some of this podcast credibility. I'm going 2-0 Villa. I think the lads that have been away on international break will want to bounce back with a win with their club that's very successful at the moment. They're um, a game in hand and three points off top spot. So if they win this, they'll go top. Uh, that's enough motivation for me. I think um, Ross Barkley's obviously not been away with internationals, has he? He's not played. So mm. time for him to maybe carry Grealish a little bit. And uh, those two as they have been in recent weeks, are just going to play Brighton's defence off the park, I think. So, yeah, 2-0, easy win. Well, thank Christ for that. I'm joining the 2-0, easy win. I like it. What do you say? What do you say, Dale? What score do you say? Uh, 1-0, Villa. Cool. Yeah, Brighton are going down, lads. They're fucking wank. (laughs) nice football and they might be pretty to watch sometimes if you don't score goals as Mike Lowen once said you hardly ever win <laughs> well that's true <laughs> um, well done Michael yeah great analysis that one it talking of games that might have some goals in it Spurs they, City you're gonna you're gonna play their uh, best striker this week or it might not, and they might cancel each other out. <laughs> yeah, Spurs, Spurs City boys. I'm I'm excited for this one. Yeah, it should be a good game. Bale. Can he... Uh, nah, he's shit. He won't do anything. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say... <laughs> I think City will, will, will do them 2-1. Ooh! They're looking stronger and stronger, I think, City. They're not quite clicking just yet, but just got a feeling that they're, they're sort of getting on track. Although Mourinho is a bit of a bastard at home against top six teams, isn't he? But I think City will just be a, a bit too far for them. And I think they might just grab the win 2-1. It'll be like a late winner or something. I can't call this one, you know. I genuinely can't call it because my, my head says say. Because it's say Spurs are second, 17 points from eight games. Mourinho, like you said, is a cunt against top six teams. Kane, Lee, as much as you hate him, is the best striker in the league. I like Kane. <laughs> don't tell anyone. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, you know what? I'm going for I'm going two one Spurs. I'm going to I'm going Mourinho masterclass and I'm going two one Spurs. Oof. And as much as I've just said I'm looking forward to it, now I'm thinking about it. I'm not looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be great and horrible and defensive. But I think Spurs will come out on top. And it'll just start piling a little bit of pressure on Pep. It's a tough one this, because if City lose this or even if they draw it, you lose any more ground, it's going to be hard for, for them to recover. And and that's saying something, given 
I mean, Liverpool are half a team at the moment, but they're still pulling away in terms of points. And you've not really got a clear number two, have you? Like Spurs probably are the clear number two. I don't want to be disrespectful to Leicester, but they've got a lot of players out, Leicester. It's going to take time for them to get back. And, you know, they've got a shout at the end of the season, but the, the question on Leicester is always going to be, it was a one-off what happened a few seasons ago, wasn't it? They're never really going to do it again, are they? Like, surely. And I, I can't see their squad being that much better than it was a few seasons ago. And everyone else has got better exponentially, especially teams like Liverpool. But with this game, though, Spurs are going to Spurs, aren't they? Because they just seem to tend to bottle big results apart from Old Trafford when Martial gets sent off, even though both players are doing exactly the same thing at the same time. So mm. I think it's going to be on as even. I'm going to call a one-all draw. Ooh. Um, I think this is obviously Spurs' biggest test of the season. Yeah, I mean the second in the league. They haven't played anyone yet. Excuse me. Um, all of us here. Excuse me. Did they not lose opening day of the season to Everton? <laughs> <laughs> that was our biggest test of the season. Yeah. I was waiting for it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I just feel like City might just just nick it. Um, I don't know. It'll be something like fucking one nil, two nil, City. I reckon. <laughs> Based on your predictions so far, they've been so lethargic. I, just, I don't. It's a, it's a tough one. This one to be. I don't. It's gonna be one nil in it. <laughs> Do you know what? Since we're fingers, though, as we've seen. The, um, the the exciting start of the season that we had, where goals are flying in left, right, and <laughs> first international break, it, it started to chill out a bit, didn't it? Uh, and I I do think we could kind of see it again, like another right. We're back to what the league is used to, rather than the fucking seven two Aston Villa win against Liverpool, for example. Nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I. I you know, I look at uh, like Tottenham. I mean, Tottenham. They've only played. They've only played us. They, us who finished, you know, third last year. But that was the only team in the top six they've played so far. You know, from last season's top six. You know, they had, they had a fairly easy start to the season. Yeah, I'm not nibbling. And. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah. It'll be a close one, but I think City nick it. By what score? Because you said 1-0 and then you said 2-0. I don't know if you know our predictions were, Dale, but you've got to choose one fucking result. You can't just choose three or four and hope for the fucking best, mate. <laughs> I'll go in between that. I'll go 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> he does what he wants. You know what, right? I, you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Because he turned around about fucking Villa and Brighton before and he was like, you know what, Cole and Lee, I, I, I agree with you, you know, I think Brighton might cause problems. 2-1 Villa. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> all right. 2-1. <laughs> oh, go on. 
if it's down to me, I'm going to agree with Collins. 1-1. Uh, Just going back to the point that Dale made about um, Tottenham not really having any tests at the start of the season. If, uh, if they'd have beaten Everton, which they didn't, they'd be top of the league right now. So I just want to point that out. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was on, I was only referencing, obviously, that, you know, <laughs> going off the teams from, you know, the, the um, where they finished sort of last season. Um, just looking at the first, was it eight, eight games? They um, only really had us from sort of the top, Top four, top six teams. Um, fairly easy start if you look at it in terms of last season's form. Uh, <laughs> I love how he's trying to dig himself out of a hole. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, just talk about that. They've got a bit of a rough run coming up, Spurs. Yeah. So City this weekend, Chelsea the weekend after, then Arsenal. Then they've got to go to Palace, which this season is not an easy game. Oh. Then they've Liverpool, and then they've got Leicester and then Wolves. I think um, on the fantasy football app, I was having a little scope through, you know, it recommends who's worth dropping, who's worth bringing in. They were actually saying, you know, if anyone's got Kane and Son in the team, which a lot of people do, it's worth scrapping them now because their they're running now is really difficult up until after New Year. That's, that's a grim run of games, that. Yeah. Yeah. But this is what this is where your team becomes title contenders or not? Because if they can if they can get that through that run of games and still be there or thereabouts, especially if City keep on dropping points the way they are doing, then yeah, like you said, you were looking at a, a genuine title contender. But like you said, it is Spurs and they will eventually bottle it. I don't think they'll bottle it this week, can they? Uh, just a quick comparison. We said uh, about three or four podcasts ago. We were looking at the running that Man United had, and we were, and I was one of the biggest advocates for the fact that if you lost, I think it was like one or two of your games, then you had a Champions League game. Can't remember. I think it was the PSG game, and then Oli was going to get sacked. I think it was PSG, and then you had Chelsea. Sorry, and then he was going to be sacked. And he's proved all of us wrong, hasn't he, with how well he's done? And I'm sorry, but Jose Mourinho is far more qualified than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, in my opinion, and based on what he's won. So, you know, he's qualified to get, get the points, I think. And they, they might surprise us. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? It is. Mm. It, it, for the first time in a long time, they're a team that should be taken seriously. Like I said, yeah. it's, they do always bottle it, but... It's all going to come crashing down, don't we? <laughs> Probably will you. <laughs> the only thing that separates it this time round, like you just said, Josh, is the Mourinho factor. He, he knows how to drag a team through a rough patch. Yeah. Uh, I think you've got a lot more to see from Gareth Bale as well in the coming weeks. Yeah. yeah. I hope so, because so far they've spent about 2.4 million on him and he's done fuck all. Mm-hmm. They've got the squad. They have got the squad. They have got the squad. Tell you. It hasn't got a squad right now. West Brom. <laughs> and they come to the theatre of dreams. This is going to be 5 now. 
you know, walk to West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, United five now. Uh, really? You want us to say five nil? Yeah. Fucking hell, have we even got... West Brom a shite. Have we even got five goals in us? <laughs> I think so. We beat Newcastle by four, was it? We fought five past Leipzig. Yeah. I, I point, honestly... Yeah. West Brom are shit. And they're not as good as Leipzig, so I think they're, they're gone, mate, I reckon. The only, the only reason I say that, if we've got five goals in us, is because West Brom don't play to our strength. Doesn't matter, the shit. <laughs> Him. And we cross over to Lee in the gantry. Lee, what do you think of this game today? West Brom, they're going to sit back and it's not really going to play into United's strengths. Ah, doesn't matter the shit, 5 0. We haven't got O2 Wi Fi in space. Right. Let's get it out of the way. I apologise. The call cut off. Right. The people are watching and listening, you're probably going to know it's a gap in conversation. The missus decided to unplug the Wi-Fi and plug the Christmas lights on. Middle of fucking November. We're going to have that discussion after this is over. But first, Lee, you think United are going to win 5 nil this weekend? Elaborate. <laughs> yeah, I think we were, we were briefly saying just then, but um, I think that one of the, the things that teams lower down the table will do against United is sit back, um, which is fine when you're a mid-table-y team that has the quality within the players to be able to execute that game plan. But I just don't think that West Brom even have that. I think they'll try and sit back behind the ball, but they won't know what to do with it. Um, and I still think we'll get through them. Um, so I just think it's going to be a tough day at the office for uh, the baggies and the shit. So. I, I, I've watched United too many times over the years to know where this game's going. I think we'll win. I think the scoreline will look comfortable, but I think it's going to be fucking horrible. I think that we saw the issues that they caused Spurs. Uh, I think, Dale, you said that Spurs had like 18 shots in the second half or something. Um, Spurs' is forward line is better than ours, so we're not going to create as many chances. Uh, I think we'll win 2-0, um, but I, it's not going to be enjoyable. So. Saturday night, 8 o'clock, everyone. Get the beers out because you're going to fucking need them. Oh, I'll be about 15 Guinness deep by 8 o'clock on Saturday night. <laughs> Not that I've got the pub, are we? So what else am I going to do? I'm going to say 1-0. I think we're going to struggle to break them down. I think they're just going to sit back. They're going to keep us at 0-0 for as long as possible. And then someone's going to pop up with a goal. And for his sake, because he should be back this weekend, I'm going to say Martial. Yeah, he is back this weekend. And isn't Alex Tellers clear now? Well, they've no. He's, apparently, he's tested positive again. Wasn't that for? No, I read the heard on the radio today that he tested negative. I don't know. The last thing I saw from United this morning was that they were investigating his second positive COVID test with the Brazil squad. Now, first of all, he's not played for United three weeks because of COVID. Why has he been allowed to go to Brazil? Yeah. So it said that he, he tested positive again on possibly on Wednesday, but 18 minutes ago, 
Mail Online Sports story. Man United, Man United given boost with Alex Tellers available for the weekend after text, testing negative for coronavirus. He's uh, yeah, he's, he's playing this weekend. Do we back Ollie to actually start him? No, probably not. He has to. Luke Shaw's injured. injured yeah. Incoming Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams. Wow. He'll start. Yeah. But you know what? I don't blame him because Brandon Williams is he'll be fit and tell us, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. But yeah. he's playing for Brazil tonight, though, isn't he? Um, I'll check. Well, they won't be playing now, will they? But they'll be in the squad. Hey, old Josh, what are you saying, mate? Run down. Um. Yeah, I probably agree with Danny. Um, I think we'll win, but it'll probably. The, I think the second goal will probably come quite late in the game. You know, just to kill it off. Um, but yeah, it'll probably be one of these one of these games where you know we struggle to break them down. Um, I don't think they've got enough going forward. So as, as shaky as our defence has been, I'd like to think we keep a clean sheet against against West Brom. But at the other end, say, I think the the second goal will probably come quite late. Um, and we win 2-0. No. <clears throat> I'm going to go uh, one better. I'm going to give you a bit more benefit of the doubt. Um, well, there's no doubt, really. Um, I'm going to say 3-0. I think the goals will be evenly spread over the course of the game. I'm going to give you even more in-depth. I'm going to say Marshall is going to score two of them. I'm going to give Bruno one. Two goals in the first half, one in the second, when you take your foot off the gas. And I'd, I think the clean sheet's in the bag. Get uh, get David De Gea in, in the sticks for your fantasy football. Done and dusted. Well, one thing that um, I did want to sort of like throw a cat amongst the pigeons, what would happen if we lost? Because <laughs> you never know what could what's not capable with this Man United team. I don't so, think Ollie will be gone. I don't think that's his... Uh, I don't think that that's him going if uh, you know people start calling out for it. Well, he won't, he won't surprise me. He's consistently inconsistent. It's <laughs> that's yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? You know, it, we get one good result, we'll throw in two, three shit ones. We'll get we'll he'll pull the pull out a decent result against someone random what we're not expecting. It's just the way it's going at the minute. So yeah, if we get beat, would I be surprised? Probably not. What would happen to Ollie? He'd probably still be in the job. No, I think I said a few a good few weeks ago that we've got a five or six game period where if we remain unbeaten, I'll be very happy. We didn't remain unbeaten. We lost to a very, very shit Arsenal team and a very, very shit Istanbul team. Yeah. In the other games, we had a, a very, very boring nil-nil with Chelsea and then two or three fantastic results beating PSG, Leipzig and Everton. Dale, you just nipped the nail on the head. Consistently inconsistent. I don't think it would sack him if we lost because at this point I don't know what would sack him. He's had his back up against the wall so many times now that I just think the board are very happy just to keep him on because we're guaranteed top four, top six, no matter what. If if we're still in the second half, bottom half of the table by Christmas. Oh yeah, then he has to go. One hundred percent has to go. Yeah. Well, will we be? There's no argument there. Like he has. If 
come January 1st, when that window opens, and we are sat in 12th to 15th where we've been for all the season, he, is, he has to go. Because, just because of how the teams are above us. Like, the teams above us are chopping and changing left and right, and us and City as well just don't really seem to be moving. It's, it's a weird one. I don't think... I'm with you, though, Collins. There's no way they fucking beat us. There's, there's right? no I, chance. I hope to God that no one bites this after we lose 1-0 on Saturday. No, I'll go out on my shield. I'm, go, I'm, I'm going on my sword, mate. I, there is not a fucking chance ever that West Brom are beating us this weekend. It's not happening. No, I'm with you. No, you, I'm know, Col- you know Collins is going to have a 22-fold accumulator. He's going to have Man United in there, isn't he? Uh, and that'll be the one that lets him down. Uh, and no. it'll, it'll, be dub- it'll be double chance as well, won't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 75 to 1 on. Uh, <laughs> it'll never, ever, ever happen. This is a team that got beaten 2-0 by Fulham. Fulham. Yeah. They, couldn't fucking, they, couldn't, they couldn't beat fucking empty ham right now. Fucking let alone Fulham, let alone fucking us this weekend. It's yeah. never happening. They are never ever getting a result against us this weekend. Not happening. West Brom will finish twentieth end of the season. They're awful. Shocking. Uh, when you predicted that Slavon Bilic would keep them up in the league. Well, yeah, you know, I get things wrong sometimes, and sometimes get things right. Like Sheffield United probably finishing a point above Leeds. So. I hope this isn't one that you've got wrong either. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What what are we being shown here? Eh? <laughs> Is that Cherry? <laughs> <laughs> Is he on the sun or the moon or something? <laughs> Love nights like this, it says. <laughs> did, say it. Sorry, completely random, but did Sarah show you his video? Yeah. Have you seen it? I've seen it, yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> Yeah, anyway, sorry, carry on. Moving on to uh, Empty House. As they're now going to be called, as far as I'm concerned. Against your boys, Josh. Yeah, we'll win. I'm confident that we can beat them there, Shai. And we've got Richarlson back now. He played for Brazil the other day. And that's the key one, having him back. You, you have looked really uninspiring going forward without him. And I think you mentioned it uh, very well a few weeks ago, where even though he's not scoring can tell the damage he's doing to defences and how he's he's causing defences issues that leaves Calvert-Lewin free to score. And since he's been gone, it's been very apparent that Calvert-Lewin hasn't scored as many. You've looked empty going forward. You've had Iwobi and Bernard fighting for that fucking spot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know what, right? I, I stand by what I said, and I think we all will agree in this group and if you, I think any football fan will agree this about Richarlson. He's not, he's like Neymar. He's not a likable player. He dives all over the show. He's always complaining. He's an absolute nuisance on the pitch. I wouldn't, to be honest, I wouldn't want to play against him. I would probably wouldn't want to play with him. But if I was Calvert-Lewin, I'd absolutely love it because I wouldn't have to do anything. I wouldn't have to do it. I wouldn't have to wind up any defenders. I probably wouldn't have to run hardly anywhere. I'd just get into position, wait for him to cause havoc on the left wing, get a ball over to me, and then well, Calvert Lewin's going to finish most chances the way that he's playing this year. So yeah, I, I think it'll be a comfortable win against Fulham. Um, I'm going to say two 0 
I like that. Chris, what are you saying? I think Fulham are obviously looking a bit better going forward since the two loan signings came in. But Everton, you're going to have a massive boost with Richarlison coming back this weekend. You've essentially got a full-strength team back now, haven't you? So, not so much normal service, because I think your confidence has took a bit of a battering over the last few weeks with with some poor results here and there. Understandable, because you've had a few players out. Uh, I think 2-1. I think it'll be comfortable, though. Like The scoreline suggests it'll be closer than it actually will be. I think they'll just pop up and score a goal, because they'll probably look bright early on, and then you'll just take over from there. Got picked up in there. Yeah, that's usually one goal conceded, that. Yeah. <laughs> While you're on the uh, 2-1 hype, I'm going to join you on that as well. Uh, I can see it being 2-1 Everton. I can see inaugural Dick of the Week winner, Adoma Luckman, coming back to haunt his old club, but ultimately it meaning nothing. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I think Richarlison coming back is a huge one. Yeah. It really, really will help out with Hamez and Calvert-Lewin again. Um, I thought the film just gash. Like, they just yeah. no, no one can even take a penalty. Even it, the irony in Mitrovic missing that penalty to get Scotland into the Euros. It was a great save, to be fair, though. So Marshall, it was an outstanding save. That penalty save. It was just perfect. It was another Fulham player that missed the penalty. They're just shit. They're just wasting a space that someone else in the Championship could have up in this league. Brentford. Imagine Brentford came up instead of him. Yeah. That would have been so much better. I have, I've never liked Fulham or West Brom. Really? The only, thing, the only <laughs> thing about Everton's chances that I'm not entirely sure about, and I'm having a little look now, I can't be certain of it, I'm not sure if Seamus Coleman's fit. Doesn't matter. They've got fuck all going forward, mate. Yeah, you could play one, five, four, and you'd be fine. He's just a massive boost for our team, isn't he? Because yeah, he's a captain. Yeah, he's a captain. He's got all the experience. I think he's probably going to be Ben Godfrey on the right hand side again. I don't know. Is Holtgate fit? He didn't look fit against Man United. So the problem you've got is with them two is what we've done in the past with Twanzebi and Fosimenta, where you end up taking these young centre halves and playing them right back and getting them exposed, and it decks the confidence. Me, yeah. me and my Talking about this today, about Fosu Mensa. Under Van Gaal, he looked like a tidy centre-back. Yeah. And then we started playing him right-back and he got exposed. And then we went to Fulham and he played right-back and he got exposed. And now, I dread seeing him in the fucking starting lineup. But a few years ago, when he was playing centre-back, which is his natural position, he looked all right. And I don't think you can do it with players like Holtgate. Holtgate maybe so, because he's been in the league a few years now, but definitely not Ben Godfrey. He's not. He's not ready to play right back. You just hit the nail on the head, though. Like the reason why you dread seeing him on the team sheet is because we keep trying to play him out of position. He's he's a centre back, so play him centre back. I wouldn't mind seeing folks who meant to centre back. I wouldn't. He'd do a decent job. I just hate Fulham. I think the shit. You know, I've always hated Fulham since we went to Craven Cottage years and years ago, and Alan Smith. I think it was Alan Smith scored the opener for us. And then fucking Andy Cole was playing for Fulham at the time. And Papa Booba Diop. Do you remember? 
scored a fucking screamer from like 30 yards. I fucking hated him ever since then, honestly. It was like Christmas time. I know it was Christmas time because we were singing the 12 fucking days of Cantona. I can remember <laughs> listening to it on the TV. Fucking hate, but I've always hated Fulham. This shit. I hate Fulham like Lee hates West Brom. Wank team. Dale, mate, what do you think the score's going to be? <laughs> Sorry, can we um, that Lee said at one point during this week that we need to put more of a focus on these uh, lower league teams like Fulham. And all we've done is fucking ruin them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think Everton easily win this. Um, 3-1. Um, I was going to I was gonna say, say to Josh, is, is Coleman playing? Is, is Dinya still suspended as well? Or is D- he back? Dinya. I think Dinya's playing. Right. Dinya, I think. Dinya. Yeah, I think. Um, but that that would have been my only concern. Would have been those those fullback positions if them two weren't playing. Um, Fulham may have had a squeak, but um, yeah, I think I think they still win quite comfortably. Everton. Yeah. Three um, one. I'm going to say two 0 Everton for reasons previously discussed. <laughs> Right. Then I, then I will come to you for the first game, mate. Sheffield United versus West Ham. See, this this is a tough one to call, I think. Because in the previous... Last last season, Sheffield beat West Ham at home. 1-0. Um, but they're going but out last year. Out. It was, yeah. They're coming out of a tough period, aren't they? Uh, Sheffield, they've had games. Well, I mean, they played Chelsea, City, Liverpool, Arsenal. Not the best of starts for the season, is it? Um, whereas West Ham are coming off the back of a um, a win against Leicester. I mean, I'm going to say that West Ham will, will do them here two one. Interesting. Confidence is low in it for Sheffield. I think West Ham will, will take, will capitalise, and uh, I think they'll do them. I'm just, I'm just looking at Sheffield United's squad at the moment. John Fleck, Ender Stevens, John Egan, Lee Mousset, and Rian Brewster all out with injury. That, that, forget the other two. The first three of Fleck, Stevens, and Egan were arguably three of their best players last season. Mm. You, they're fucked. We, we, we spoke about it the other day where has the damage already been done with Sheffield United? Yeah. Um, I personally think it is. I think they have. I don't think they've got a cat and else chance now. I think it's going to take a minor miracle. And I hope, I hope that Chris Wilder, A, the board stick with him, because there's no one available who can come in and do a job to save them other than Chris Wilder. But B, I hope he does pull it off because they, they still play some nice football and they showed that against Chelsea last time out. The first goal that they scored was a brilliant goal. They looked like, oh, fucking hell, the Sheffield from last season have turned up. And then they got annihilated, which was unfortunate. But COVID Moyes is on some sort of roll. And I'm not I'm not backing against it at the moment, even without Antonio. Uh, I think Antonio is definitely hurting them, not having him. They showed that against Fulham. Just couldn't put anything away. If it wasn't for Luckman, they wouldn't have taken all three points in that game. Uh, I just don't see I don't see Sheffield winning this. I'm going I'm going one nil West Ham. 
I'm just going to agree. Short and sweet. 1-0 West Ham. Don't think Sheffield United are strong enough. And after you've told me about the injuries that they've got there, half of them are their best players, like you said. So Brewster's the only one, really, that you would think has, has got a bit of class about him to score. In the forward line, any of that is it McCormick? What's the name of the fellow that scored for them the other day? McGoldrick. Yeah. He's he's all right. He's come good in his later years because I think he's in his thirties, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He scored for what? Uh, Ireland was it the other day as well? He's retired. No, he's. Re- I think he retired for the national team. Remember, and Paddy Power talking about it. If these um, midfielders are all out injured for them, like Fleck. You know, he's he's a quality player. He showed that last year. Uh, I just don't think that they've got any midfield there that can create any chances. And then they've got their main problem. I think their record signing Brewster, isn't he? Injured. So, and he's got pace, isn't he? That's what they've signed him for. Somebody with a bit of pace and a bit of flair up front. Showed we, that last year for Swansea. We were talking about him the other day being a championship striker, weren't we? Really? Yeah. And that's where we'll be next season with him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Savage, but true, they're, they're, they're going down. <laughs> Go on, Dale. I'm actually going to predict a draw. Ooh. Um, I'm going to say 1-1 as well. And your reasoning being... I just don't think they're, they're a team West Ham would like to play against, to be honest. I mean, I'm looking at the, the, the wins that West Ham have got this year, especially especially away from home. And again, they, they don't seem to have a lot of the ball, West Ham. And I, I, I certainly think they're going to have a lot of the ball this time around against Sheffield United. And I think that might just play a little bit against them. Um, and I just... Also, I think Sheffield United looks got to change at some point. Same with Burnley's, you know. Results have got to start turning around at some point. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm going to go for a bit, go for the draw, one-one. It's an interesting what you just said there with with them having a lot of the ball. Um, look at the fixtures now. Is it full, against Liverpool? I mean, they barely touched the ball and only just lost. City, they didn't touch the ball and got a draw. West Ham, uh, sorry, um, Spurs, barely touched the ball and got a draw. Leicester, didn't touch the ball at all and got a 3-0 win. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, yeah, I know exactly where you're going, but it's almost like when they when they control the game, they don't know what they're doing. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting point, that actually. Yeah, and that's it. I just think we, I think they'll. They'll have a, le- a lot more, and they won't be. They won't play the sort of normal away sort of counter-attacking type of football. So I don't think the Sheffield United will let them play like that. I think it'd be quite balanced, quite even. But mm. I'm going to all this in-depth analysis, and West Ham are going to stuff them for one or something like that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I just um. All right, so moving on from that, we have a very, very interesting one here. Leeds United against Arsenal. This game is fascinating. I'm, I'm just going to go back and say my prediction for 
Sheffield United and West Ham, mate, because you just like to fucking do this <laughs> and move on before I even have a fucking say. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I thought you went first. Danny, Danny's just assumed that I'm going to say that Sheffield United are going to win, and that's exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm going to say. Sheffield United have got fucking five players out. They've got half a team. West Ham seems to be full of confidence, had a few really good results recently. The game is crying out. It is crying out for a 1 0 Sheffield United, and that is what I'm saying. I apologize for that, mate. <laughs> you fucking better be sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Leeds Arsenal. Chris, go first, mate. Leeds, Leeds Arsenal. Arsenal. Uh, where is it? Is it Ellen Road? <sighs> Which I think would make a massive difference if those crowds there. It would, yeah. I agree with you. It's, it's just tough. Like, can I pause you there? I think it's going to be shite if... Not shite for us as fans if we can get back into the stadium. But in terms of a Premier League, if we spend half it with no fans and half of it with some fans. You can guarantee that Sheffield United will turn it around if fans get back in Bram Albany. Yeah. They'll have gone like 18 games with no fans and really strong with no atmosphere. Like, it... It's crap atmosphere. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be allowed. As much as I want to see fans back in the stadium, if we started the season like this, I think we should just end it like this. Like just go all the way and start again next season. It's difficult, isn't it? Because it, if you if you're talking about what's fair, that would be the fair thing to do. But if we're talking about what's going to help clubs survive, yeah, got to get obviously they got to get fans. I mean, I can, I can understand your point completely. I was actually thinking about that recently. Um, Think like I was listening to a debate on fans and their effect on teams and stuff. Like Sheffield United is a perfect example. They have struggled ever since we broke up in March and we went into lockdown. They badly, badly struggled. Leeds would have been. I, I think Leeds would have picked up a few more points if they had fans in. I really do. Leeds and Arsenal is an interesting one because we've got a recent game between them last season in the cup where Leeds pretty much played them off the park for the first half, and then Arsenal came out, they woke up and they won 2-0, I think it was. The last time I remember Leeds and Arsenal playing before that was, uh, what, 2004? Three six. My app doesn't have any record other than last season's FA Cup win. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the one, was it the one that Leeds won that handed us the title? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was my 13th birthday. It would have been May the 4th, 2004. And yeah, and Viduka had an absolute storm of that game. Very well. But that's, you know, that's a different time. It's a bygone era, isn't it? It's, I'm going to say, do you know what? I hate, well, hate what myself. Was this? When it. was this? When was this? 2004. <laughs> Go on, say it, mate, because I'm looking at it. I've got <laughs> Arsenal 5 0 winning, right? <laughs> 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 and then a 4-1 win on the other leg <laughs> was it the year before <laughs> that was a bolt invincible season uh, oh shit yeah oh, four. yeah go back go back one year I know, like, yeah, yeah I've got I've got 4-1 Arsenal 4-1 Arsenal and then 5-0 Arsenal <laughs> yeah I think it was um, Leeds away 3-2 win 2003 maybe yeah. could have been that one uh, it was one of the Emirates as well not the Emirates at Highbury as well though I remember it as clear as day because it handed us the title it might have been 2002 it was too fast you know what right 
fucking used to a crucify me a lot. Sorry, it was 16 <laughs> fucking years ago. <laughs> they played each other in 2011 as well and 2012. Apparently, must have been must have been a couple of cup games there. Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm going to say, but I, like I waffled on AI for long enough. Lee's, I think, I think he's going to do Arsenal all over the place. And that result against Villa was, I mean, as much as it shouldn't have been a shock to them, that would have been a shock to them. At home, spanked the Emirates. I think they're going to be all over the place. 2-1 leads, I'll say. But you just, can you repeat that? 2-1 leads, mate. Edge <laughs> <laughs> you closer to that win. And, yeah. then, and then they're going to lose every single game for the rest of the season. They're going to finish one point behind Sheffield United. <laughs> This is a really interesting one, isn't it? Like, Leeds are still missing Calvin Phillips, um, which I think is partially the reason why they've not performed over the last few weeks. Um, Arsenal are only really missing Kieran Tierney, who I think has got COVID, and Party, who's injured. Now, Party absolutely bossed it against us, but... I I can't call this, you know. No, I mean, it, it, I was, I, you know, I thought it was an interesting game when they played Liverpool and they put up a good performance. I thought it was a very interesting game against, uh, you know, against City, and again, they put up a good performance there, you know, to get a draw. Um, I think they might edge this. I think they'll, I, I think they might edge it two-one. I'd say. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 as well, you know. I, they, they're a team that perform, performs against the big teams. They're, they're, I, I'm dreading United playing them. Because I think they'll absolutely play us off the park. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Dale. I'm going 2-1. Mm-hmm. And Arsenal? I'm going to say 1-1. I'm going to go to my uh, famous draw prediction. <laughs> I think um, Saka obviously had a really good performance for England the other day. He's probably on a high. It's about time Bamiang really started kicking in as well. Uh, but then Arsenal's defence is always a little bit dodgy, isn't it? And uh, Leno isn't isn't a goalkeeper that instills much confidence. I don't think he's not quite. We said it the other week. He's not quite clicked into that team. So yeah, I think Leeds needs to they need to bounce back. They're, they're coming in after a defeat. I'm sure that their manager's been drilling it into them. Not many of their players are, are, will have been in international duty, I don't think. Not really, no. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll say 1-1. I think Arsenal need to, to really start booking their ideas up. But I think Leeds need to bounce back as well. So I'll, I'll say 1 1 draw. It's interesting, isn't it? Because with Party out, and obviously Phil, Phillips is out, that's a lot of steel missing from the midfield back for both teams. Yeah. So yeah. It, it is going to be very much a mid, midfield battle, I think. Mm. And whoever can establish dominance there will go on to win. Yeah. I mean, I was, I would, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Um, 
I think Danny might have said this a couple of podcasts ago about Arteta sort of shoring up Arsenal's defence um, since he's come in. Um, do you think he's put too much effort for the whole team in doing so? Because you, you look at the team going forward, Arsenal, the, the, other than Europa League, they are sort of lacking some goals going forward. I mean, Aubameyang's not scoring. Lacazette had a couple in the first couple of games. Um, but I've not really seen much else sort of coming from, from anywhere on the pitch. And I, I don't know whether that's because he's, he's, these forward players are spending that much time sort of defending now, uh, more as like a, as a unit, sort of hindering the team's performance sort of going forward. Yeah. I think you could be right, you know. I think you could be right. I think he's probably seen that that is the biggest issue in that club, is the defence. And he's thinking... Let's show that up, and the goals will eventually come. But the problem is the goals aren't eventually coming because Abamyang is not doing anything at the moment. I mean, he he for me is probably the the biggest surprise of the season in terms of him doing nothing. I mean, I think I penciled him in as top goal scorer this season. He's and behind now. Right, <laughs> yeah, he won't catch now. He, there's no, no way he catches up now. Um, he does. And the thing is, as well, it's not even like he's, he looks like he's been unlucky. He's been poor. He's been poor. He's missed chances. He's not in positions. I saw an Arsenal fan talking about it the other day. It might have been on YouTube, and he was saying, like, oh, well, he's playing out of position. But, no, he's spent the majority of his Arsenal career on the left wing. Like, don't pin this on Arteta. Like, he plays out on the left no matter what. Like, don't put this on the manager now that this is why he's not scoring now. He scored 23 goals last season from left wing. Do you think there's an element of he's made it? He's got a bumper contract. He's on an awful lot of money. He's in the twilight of his career, let's face it. I mean, he's 31 now, Bamiyang. Last last nine of his career. My, do, you, do you think there's an element of that, maybe? or? I think that last year was probably his twilight. But I'm still shocked at how bad he's gone this year. I was expecting this season to be a, a slight decline, maybe, but not a drastic decline, which it has been so far. But you have to remember, we're only seven, eight games in, aren't we? Mm. There's still a lot of games to go yet. He might, he might still put on another 10, 15 goals in the rest of the season. He's probably going to get the chances and he takes the penalties for them. I think he's, mm. he's only got a couple of goals this season. One of them at least is a penalty, isn't it? So, and stores, yeah. Yeah, I, I reckon there's better times to come from Aubameyang, but we're not used to seeing such a bad string of performances like we have seen from him. Yeah. That is, that's why it's so much of a shock, because he might have won two games tops where he's he's been pretty poor or non-existent, but not seven, eight. Strange one. Very. We said this every week, though. It's been a very strange season, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Players that are performing last season haven't turned up this season and the ones that didn't have. Very weird. All right, boys. Probably a game of the weekend. I don't want to jinx it like I did last time. Also, did you, uh, before we quickly move on, did you say Lee's prediction? Oh, um, no, I did not. Uh, Lee's has a dip and he has gone, what's he gone? 2-1 to Leeds. Mm. All right. Our predictions are similar there, aren't they? Mm. We've all said 2-1. Nobody's predicting like a heavy win. Very, very tight game. Mm. Two teams that I think are probably at the same 
ability, really. Yeah, um, especially this season. Yeah, I mean, you would fancy Leeds to score goals, really, wouldn't you? But yeah, not not the way that they're playing at the moment. Maybe at the start of the season. I think the only way I think I said this the other week. The only way that Leeds win that game is if sorry, if Arsenal win that game is if Leeds beat themselves. Yeah. I don't see Arsenal going out winning that game. I see Leeds being themselves. Mm. Liverpool versus Leicester. Now, under normal circumstances, I think majority of people would go Liverpool win straight away. But, <clears throat> let me clear the throat before I uh, go through this list, boys. Henderson... Gomez, Trent, Robertson, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Van Dijk, Fabinho, Thiago. Let's uh, go through. Let's go through the team. that. So, take them out of the equation. Let's go through the team that Liverpool have at their disposal for this weekend. I don't know. It's got to be... I know Matt is going to start and that's it. Matip and Williams, I think they'll give Williams, that young lad, a run, won't they? I think Nico Williams will be at right-back as well. The Milner will play left-back. Probably. So then who, who's going to play centre midfield instead of Henderson and Thiago and Fabinho? Cater. Cater. Shakiri, maybe, if he drops deep. Oxlade-Chamberlain back yet? Oxlade's out as well. Is he? Wow. They're going to have to give some of these young lads a run out, aren't they? Yeah. They did last year. You know, I, I hate to bring it up, but they fielded their young kids against Everton and knocked us out of the cup. So they're more than capable. They played them in quite a few games last year. Got a good group of young lads there. Williams playing a lot. I can see um, maybe Harvey Elliott coming in. Uh, I know they spent a decent bit of money on him last season. Uh, rates him as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does rate him a lot. Um, I'm just going to look at the bench that they had for the City game. That'll give us an idea. What about, uh, the, what about this Greek lad that they signed from Olympiakos? Isn't he a, a wing-back? Oh, he's a left-back, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. He, might play, he might play Milner right-back into Miskar's left-back. Yeah. Push mid, Milner into mid. Oh, that could work as well, actually, yeah. Williams to Miskas and then Milner midfield with Curtis Jones, maybe? Curtis Jones, Naby Keita. I mean, and the forward line picks itself, like, I didn't actually list him on here because if not, my app's not got it on yet. But Mohamed Salah is also out as well. Yeah, COVID. Yeah, Salah's got COVID. Where does, where does Firmino play? Centre-back or right-back? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's annoyed me? Like, everyone, now that, now that Liverpool uh, obviously got the, the injuries and they've struggled for a little bit of form and stuff this season, which is crazy to say because they are still pushing top, top of the league. Now everyone's focusing on Firmino, like, and with Jota coming in as well and scoring the amount of goals which he has. I mean, we all knew Jota was a good signing, but we didn't see him being as good so far as he has been. Now the attention's on Firmino. Of, oh, does he actually score enough goals? Well, fucking hell, we've been saying this for a long time. Like, you can give me all this spiel you want about or oh, the amount of chances he creates with this one and that one and the work that he puts in and the movement off the ball and the skill level and he's so technically sound and yeah but you're a forward to score goals you should be scoring goals as well that should be a, an essential part of your game 
and he, it's not like he doesn't try. He, t- he takes so many fucking shots. Only like the third most shots in the league last season. I'm pretty sure I'm not making that up. And if it's not, like, it's close. Something's think, going on. It is something, I think it was. Yeah. Something's happening. And I think he needs to be dropped. I think Joss has been excellent for Liverpool. And I, I think it would do for me, you know, the world of good to know that he's droppable. I think the, the I think that was the first time that we've seen that was in the City game where he brought one of them off. He had the choice of Jota or Firmino to bring off to bring on Shakiri, and it was Firmino that he brought off. And I think that was the first indication of, oh, Canelo, like they are going to start moving away and bringing in a player that, like you said, can link up play and also score goals. Jota has been fantastic this season. I hate it. I hate it because he's a brilliant footballer. I wanted him at United. I hate seeing him do well there. But I don't think he's good enough, though. That—that's uh, what I was going to say. Like, is he good enough to go and win a title? Like, be a title-winning striker? Maybe. For me, was good enough last season to be a title-winning striker. Yeah, you've got a point. I mean, I'd—I'd I'd rather have Diego Jota in my team than Roberto Firmino, and I'm sure they're. Thousands of Liverpool fans that won't listen to this, but if they were listening to it, they would be screaming at what I've just said there because they love him. Yeah, they were they worship on Robert Firmino, but as a striker, I would prefer Jota in my team. Don't don't get me wrong, Firmino is a fantastic footballer, very technically gifted, really skillful, links up play brilliantly, and works really hard for the team. He's not a number nine though. Better players that can step in. This has been the point all along. I no one's ever said that Firmino's a bad player. I've not said he's a bad player. We might have said over dramatically sometimes. Oh, he's fucking shy. He's not meant like that. Like he's an awful player. He's obviously a top class player. No player who's playing for a club who's won the Champions League and Premier League in the last three seasons. Yeah, not to be confused for the same season, but the last three seasons is a bad player. But when you've got someone who's coming and made the impact that Jota has. And it's just, it's a question of consistency, isn't it, now with Jota? Like, he's made an excellent start, scored a hat-trick in the Champions League, but Michael Owen scored a hat-trick for United in the Champions League against Wolfsburg. Is it Wolfsburg or Werder Bremen? I think it's Wolfsburg. I think it's Wolfsburg, yeah. It goes to show you, anyone can have a good night or, or a good afternoon on a Saturday. He's got to keep that up now, uh, and we'll see. Because it might just be that Jota will be one of the pivotal players for them this season if they are to go on and retain the title but going back to the game hmm. yeah, yes. yeah it, it would it would be natural to say that Liverpool are going to win now that all the injuries have cropped up it would be natural to say that Leicester are going to win especially with them being in the form that they are but there's a and I hate saying it there's a character and a, a camaraderie about this Liverpool team that I think he's going to see them get half a positive result given the circumstances so I'm I'm, go- I'm going to say a one-all draw One thing that we've not spoken about what are Leicester's injury troubles like? Who's who's out of the fold? So we spoke about, um, they've still got Amati, Indide, Pereira, Soyuncu and Castagna all still out but they've not been playing for them recently, have they? So, I've been playing pretty much all season, and they are top, and they're top of the Europa League group, and yeah. they minus a 
really weird slip up against West Ham. They look brilliant. You know what? We could be looking at another result like Aston Villa. We, we might be looking at another Liverpool paste in it. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the Evertonian. But given those injury troubles that they've got and the form that Leicester are in, I bet Liverpool fans are really, really worried about this game. If I was a Liverpool fan, I would be shitting myself. This not, is the worst time to play the league leaders. Do you mm. not think, though, that sometimes like the stars seem to, seem to align like it's destined for one thing to happen? By all the injuries that Liverpool have had and fucking hell, the pressure on them because it's Anfield and they've got to keep this home run going. and like It, it, it seems destined, doesn't it, that, that Leicester are going to turn them over. But when does it ever go like that in football? When does it ever go like that for, for Liverpool either? I've watched them for so long and the look always aligns for them when you think that it won't. I tell you when it goes like that in football when Leicester won the league. <laughs> yeah. They are better now than when they were when they won the league. Ooh, bold claim. Bold. They are. They're, they're so much better now. They are so much... I, I'm saying this right now. I'm going 4-1 Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> Write that score down. Lock it in. Lock it in, mate. J- put, I, it, put it on social. <laughs> He's, he's just gonna have an absolute. <laughs> he's gonna have an absolute field day against this makeshift defense. Like, I don't care how good Allison is. I don't care how experienced James Milner is. You can't throw two youngsters into a defense against the league leaders. The one that's gonna hurt them is Henderson. He's the one. He's the one. I think. I'm wondering if they'll field Milner as a centre back. And they'll put the Greek lad on the left. Yeah, but it's only who they play in midfield, isn't it? That Williams is against West Ham. Yeah, he was good. He's, he, Williams, is, he's, he's a decent young centre-back. Like, you should be able to come in and do a job. But it's whether he's going to get run ragged by Vardy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, decent young centre-back coming in against one of the most prolific English strikers in the world. One of the most prolific strikers of the past. Five years. I, I'm going to throw it out there. I think Jamie Vardy is probably one of the best strikers we've seen in the Premier League period. I think with how late he came into the league and how many goals he scored in the short time he's been here. Now, bear in mind, Leicester were a relegation candidate for a couple of years in that as well. Mm. I don't think you can knock Vardy for anything he's done. I think he's outstanding. Yeah, some of the goals he scored as well. Yeah, he's an inspiration for... We were promoting... Going and we're still promoting going supporting your local team and going putting money into these local teams. I think is an inspiration to any footballer that you can still make it. You are still good enough. Yeah, I, I think he's a he's a hope for a lot of players. I just think he's outstanding. I'd love to. I'd love him to come out of retirement and be one more step in England. I really, really would. So, four-one prediction there for Danny mm. Dale. What what are we thinking, mate? Um, I, I think you and Danny took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I think we're, Liverpool are going to be in for a bit of a pasting, and I think I don't think I don't just think Jamie Vardy's going to have a field day. 
I think I think Telemans will have a field day. Madison, if he starts, he'll have a field day. Um, I think that midfield area is going to be big for Leicester um, and not so big for Liverpool. Um, we go back to to last season. I think Liverpool had this sort of air of in, in, invincibility about them. That has gone completely out the window this season. Mm-hmm. That to go along with the injuries. Don't I mean Leicester have got their own injury problems as well, but. You know, Liverpool's injury injury list is now mounting up. Um, I just think, especially that defence coming up coming up against a Jamie Vardy, different breed. You know, James Milner against a Vardy, or you know, the young chaps against Jamie Vardy is. You get one on one situation there. You know, Vardy's going to take advantage of that all day long. And. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go along the lines of Danny's scoreline. 4-1. Do you know what? Do you know, it, it won't surprise me if it's more. No, it wouldn't me either. No. no. Uh, I think I'm think, I think I'm being quite nice with 4-1, actually, to be fair. What do you think, Collins? Because you, you seem to be in despair about these 4-1 predictions there. You no, know, I'm gonna I'm gonna remain steadfast. You know, I, I I think I just think there's a there's a real I hate saying it because I fucking hate them. I just think their team spirit is so fucking strong, regardless of how they have got a couple of dents that have been banged into them this season. Like obviously the, the Villa one was more than a dent; it was like a fucking a write off that one. But I just I think they're gonna have enough about them to. To have some of them, those youngsters will have the games of their lives this weekend. I think, I think they'll really want to. They want to play for the club. They want to play for the manager. They want to play to to claim a stake in the team themselves in the future. One all, I think one all. Disappointingly, fuck your team spirit. Team spirit doesn't save anybody. I think you know what. I think all three of you have got really valid points and. Being an Evertonian, I'm always really sceptical about Liverpool. Um, not sceptical about their performances, but sceptical about writing them off. And although I said it could be another 7-3, no, taking on board, <laughs> I'm taking on board what Collins has said about the team spirit and the grip that they have. And these youngsters, I think Leicester will win. But I think that there'll be a little bit of a, a surprise by maybe like an early goal for Liverpool to put Leicester on the back foot. So I'm going to say a 4-2 win to Leicester. Not quite the 4-1 win, but I'm going to say 4-2. That's going to be a belt of that to watch. I, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, wait. I can't wait. I can't wait till we all come back next Tuesday and we're like, well... What a boring nil-nil that was. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely raging because Liverpool have pulled off a miraculous victory. I tell you what, right? If you offered Leicester a guaranteed nil-nil right now, would they be happy? Now, bear in mind all the injuries, everything that's going on, but you've gone to the champions and you've took a nil-nil. In the long run, do you think they'd be happy? Yeah. No, I wouldn't be. If they didn't have Brendan Rodgers as manager, I'd say yeah. 
But I think the fact that Rogers is manager as well, he's always going to have a point to prove against them. Yeah, I absolutely I think. I think Leicester know that they've started well, but it's very easy for them to sort of like go off the boil, especially after the new year. Can they keep it up for the rest of the season? It's a difficult thing to do. So whilst they're on, you know, at the peak and they're performing well and they're at the top of the league and they're doing really well, scoring goals for fun, they need to be beating a team, a Liverpool team with so many injuries. You can't aspire to win the league and take a nil-nil draw against the champions when they've got so many players out of the team. These are the times where you need to be stamping your authority and saying, no, we are a real title challenger. We are going for the title this year. There's a reason we're top of the table. You don't go for a nil-nil draw. I'll put it this way, because Leicester players are probably still hurting from the last game as well, the 4-0 between these two. And that wasn't that long ago. If, If... what you're all saying is true when Leicester go to Anfield, not only pace Liverpool, but smash that unbeaten record at their ground. Uh, I think it's time we recognise that Leicester are probably the front runners for the for the title. I and I would say that if City if City slip up this weekend as well, which that is a big banana skin Spurs. If City slip up as well and Leicester smash Liverpool, that's a big result that. No, I, I asked it last week and Dale instantly said no within 30, 20 seconds. Well, that's <laughs> done this. <laughs> they just it, did it last. They did it last season, didn't they? Yeah, they're in the exact same spot as last season. It, it's going to be very interesting, isn't it? Like that, I think that for me, so Sunday night football. I fucking love to see it. Uh, Lee has also predicted a two-one Leicester win. Of course, he has. Of course he has. He only knows two ones. Any other games? There's two on Monday. Let's smash these through quickly and then go on. Burnley Crystal Palace. <laughs> okay, now. <laughs> Palace were all right. I mean, Palace were all right last week, weren't they? That's Pretty good. Um, that front three for Palace... Uh, Easy Zaha and Townsend are are looking quite tasty. But I think Dale said it a couple of weeks ago. The the frustrating thing with Palace is they'll look the way they looked against Leeds and against us one week, and then the next week they're getting absolutely battered against like a Brighton or something like that. So you don't know who's going to turn up. And I mm. I think Burnley have had a bit of a, a shit run recently, and I I think Burnley are actually going to turn them over here. I. I say, I say one nil, Burnley. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back you on that one. I think, um, and I'm surprised I'm saying this, but as I do, I look at their injuries. Milhojevic is out with a red card. He's out with suspension. Yeah. Wayne Hennessy being injured. Hennessy's out for a while now. Now, he, I think, has been a big contributor in terms of Palace staying in the league over the last few years. They brought in Steve Mandanda, you know, France's number one at one point a few years ago, and Hennessy lost him out of the team. He's a very consistent and solid goalkeeper. Zaha is also injured. Fuck off, is he? Apparently so. It says here, Zaha injury. Mm. Which, 
that for me is the biggest one. Joel Ward's out as well. Like we can't write out Ward. Tompkins is out. They've got a lot of injuries. I've uh, I've old Palace. I still reckon they'll get something though. I'm gonna go one one. I, I I think that Burnley just have shown nothing for me. Burnley have shown absolutely nothing for me, and I think they're in trouble. Mm. Yeah, I think um, Burnley need to get something out of this game. And the reason I say that is because after this game, their fixtures look absolutely vile. City away, Everton at home, Arsenal away, Villa away, Wolves at home, Leeds away. That's oh. a bit of an hanging run, that. It's a bit of an hanging run. I mean, that takes you up to... Boxing Day. And mate, a jog through a minefield in Afghanistan is a bit of a fucking dodgy run. That is horrendous what Burnley have got coming up. Yeah. I, I, and yeah, they need to get some out of this because if they don't I can't That's see where they're gonna be picking up any points really. Zero points up until Boxing Day. And um I think I went back to Sheffield United. I, I thought they'd been a bit unlucky in some of their results. I can't really say the same to Burnley at the minute. I think they, I think they deserve to kind of get a, a point or whatever it is. I don't like Danny said. They've not really done anything um, at the moment. But saying that, and with what Danny's just said with the injuries for Palace. I might, they might just nick it with them being at home as well and just the way they play. I'm going to go probably 1-0. One 1-0 one Burnley. It'll be an ugly one. It'll be a very ugly. An ugly one. And that's why it's half five on a Monday. Is it on at <laughs> like five o'clock when everyone's yeah. still in work? Yeah. <laughs> It's on at five past one in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking during lunch hour. Yeah. Nah. I'm going to go with um, a comfortable Palace win. <laughs> to throw a spanner in the uh, in the works. I'm, I'm going to go with a 2-0 Palace away win. My reasons for that are, as you put at the start, their front three are looking very tasty at the moment. I know that they're very inconsistent with the performances, but Burnley have just not got any goals about them. And I think that they've got... Uh, Crystal Palace have got a very fast forward line. I'm not sure if Burnley can cope. And um, Palace, although they might... Hennessy, they have got um, Jack... What's his name? In net. Butland. Jack Butland's uh, goalkeeper for Crystal Palace, isn't he? He really, yeah. So surely he can. It's quieter. Yeah, and then so you know, I think they've got somebody that can just fill that gap for them. It's the outfield players that are going to make the massive difference. Burnley won't have many attempts at goal, I don't think. So, hear me say, Zaha's out. Does that influence your? It it does. I'll go one nil then. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm, is he injured injured from international duty? Is he? I think I'm not too sure if he was done in international or before, but I think me, I remember my dad saying he's out for a, a while. I think I think he's done his hamstring. Oh. And we will finish off, boys, with another tasty one: Wolves and Southampton. Oh, very tasty. Good game for a Monday night. That. Yeah. Now we we said the other week that um, Southampton have got not a nice run, but a decent run of games coming up where they could be looking at some some joy and keeping themselves in that top, like not top position because I think Leicester are going to take it, but in and around. I'm still not convinced with Wolves. I'm still not convinced with Wolves yet. They don't look right. Something about them does not look right this season. Is um is Danny Ng still injured? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Wolves is a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. They're not scoring too many goals this season, Wolves, are they? They're not. You know, you've not got your your Jimenez banging them in every week, at least one every week. I, I know he's got a couple this year, but... He's not got many, though. Not, not his normal. No, no we're, we're used to him firing them in. And obviously, they've lost Jota now. That's a massive player to lose. They're not... For some reason, they're not playing Traore. What's that about? 20 minutes a game at the moment. I read oh, something. Yeah. Apparently, he's got a bit of a shoulder injury. And that's why he's only coming on. But then I also it's... read report that he's not happy there anymore. Mate, no wonder he's got a shoulder injury carrying those arms. Jesus Christ! He's got he's got a shoulder. He's the only player in history to get a shoulder injury because he's tried fucking military pressing 150k in the fucking gym yeah. on Saturday. He's <laughs> <laughs> not quite gone right. Uh, do you th- do you think Wolves is a bit of a European hangover? We have seen, haven't we, with all the other teams that went far in Europe? They've had a bit of a a delay in their season to get started. Yeah, I think so. Um... I think maybe too much is expected of them now. Mm. I think I think they because they did it for two seasons in a row. I think there's a bit of pressure on them now to stay seventh, even push for top six. I think that might have got to them. I think losing Doherty, if we said it when he when he first left. I think losing Doherty is a huge loss. Uh, he provided a lot yeah. more. We realise. Um, still doing quite well though you know like 13 yeah. points they're only 5 points away from Leicester they're only 3 points behind Southampton yeah like that, you know to give them some credit they might not be banging them in but they're not conceding many yeah. either scored mm. 8 conceded 9 13 points it's not a bad return for a team that's underperforming yeah again I think I think it's just because they're underperforming against themselves on a curve yeah, I, I don't think we've probably put too much on them now. Which and yeah, the European hangover maybe you're right as well. And maybe after this international break, we might start seeing the best of Wolves again. And I hope so because they're one of the most exciting teams to watch in the league when they're on form. But that being said, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Southampton two-one. I think Southampton are flying high. Even with Ings missing, I think Che Adams has been brilliant. I think the defence looks fantastic. Ward Prowse is brilliant this year as well. Well, Ward Prowse is injured at the moment. Oh, that changes things. Well, 
well, I say that I say injured. He pulled out of the England squad with an injury. Yeah, now, I we, all, we all know what that means. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's had yeah. orders. <laughs> about that, I was like, is it legit? And he was like, eh. yeah, he's, he's had orders. Big yeah. game coming up at the weekend. So. Yeah, I'm going to one Southampton. I think Southampton have been really good this season. A breath of fresh air for Southampton. It's been really good. Yeah. Dale? Um, I think it's a tough one, this one, to be honest. Um, I, I don't think Wolves have actually done done that bad this season so far. Mm. I think when, where have they come in the last couple of seasons? Like seventh, eighth, and... You know, I'm, I think they're just performing as a seventh, eighth place team at the minute. I think they're not doing great. They're not doing bad. They're just they're doing they're doing all right. But um, that being said, I still think Southampton are the better team form wise. Uh, um, and I just think some of the away results they've managed to to come away with so far this season. I think they beat Aston Villa away. They drew at Chelsea away. Um, you know, a couple of a couple of big results there to be fair to be fair. Um so yeah I'm probably I'm probably gonna go quite a close one but I think Southampton might just nick this. Two one. Two one I'm gonna say one nil Southampton. I don't. Um, I don't expect Wolves to to score this weekend. I think Southampton set their defence very solidly, and the midfield, as Danny pointed out, is having a very good season. It's got them ticking really well. What they they're lacking in Ings up front, they've been able to to deal with. You know, they've got enough firepower up there. I particularly like that Armstrong that they've got, that they put on the bench most weeks. When he comes on, he seems to be quite threatening. So, if he gets his chance this weekend, you know, he could cause some problems. But I'm I'm just going to say a 1-0 comfortable win for Southampton. I think... I'll try not to talk too much on this and sum it up quickly. I think a fair result when you've got one team who... He's underperforming on a curve, like you said, Danny, before, against themselves from where they've been in the past. At home against a team who are overperforming. And then you throw in a you throw in the you know, the extra little bits and pieces, the caveats like Ward Prowse being out and Ings, or Ward Prowse potentially being out and Ings definitely being out for Southampton. So that's their main goal source gone. Wolves are a bit leaky at the start of the season. Obviously, they shipped four against West Ham. They had a bad result against City, where they just didn't really get going at all. But they seem to have shored up a bit since then. I think a fair result is 1-1. One, one, one. I think they're just going to cancel each other out. Do you think Southampton are, are overperforming? I honestly don't think they are. I, you know, going off what they did last back end of last season, how they started this season, I think they've, I think they've every right to be where they are. I think if you go from performances from the 9-0 onwards, I think you're probably right. I, th- I just think Southampton struggle for consistency. That's that's the thing with Southampton. So, they obviously had, they had a poor start to the season. They've picked it up massively now. But then there's there's been areas, there's been little spots here and there where you, it's looked a bit 
shaky for them. Like, Villa should have been dead and buried. That shouldn't have finished 4 3. You know, and, and credit to Villa, you know, they, they fought back from, from where they were, very precarious position. They fought back well, Villa, and where other teams would have just crumbled, lay over, and let them score a fifth and a sixth and a seventh. I, I, they just don't look secure all the time, especially defensively, Southampton, I don't think. And I, I do think Wolves have got, if you, if you put them together, squad against squad, I think Wolves on paper are better. They've got a better team, they've got a better squad. If, if Southampton were at home, I'd say Southampton's a win, but I just think a fair result, given the circumstances, of 1 1. But I see your point, Dale. Like, you, you, you could make the argument that, yeah, that the, the bang on where people expect them to be, aren't they? So. It I could, seems like they're just a team where it takes one bad result to really channel a sort of insurgence in performance from them. Obviously, yeah. there was the 9-0 last year, the 5-2 earlier on this season against Tottenham. Yeah. But other than those two standout results, everything else has been really good performances from them and some good, some good wins. So. Terrific to use them as catalysts. Maybe they're a team that... Maybe they're a bounce-back team. Hmm. I joked, I joked with Andy when that 5-2 happened. I was like, oh, you, you'll start performing now. And, yeah. well, oh, right. <laughs> maybe they are. Maybe they're very much a reactionary team, which is great for certain parts of the season. But if you're going to, I'm not going to say they're going to push for Europe, but current standings, that's where they're sat. You know, you've got to be aiming. When you sat after the second international break and you sat off in the table, you can't be thinking... We just want to survive anymore. Like you want to, you want to get a good league position. Yeah, you can't go off a season on. Oh, we'll react when we get a bad loss. So it'd be interesting. It'd be it'd be another fascinating game, really. Some very very fascinating games this weekend. It's a strong game to finish the weekend on. And speaking of strong, let's go from strong games to. Strong accusations. Let's finish off the podcast on a high, guys. And uh, Danny, I'll let you segue into what is our new segment on Four Manx One Toffee. Away you go. You care, dog? No. So we we've had a few discussions in the group chat this um, well this morning mainly, wasn't it? Of uh, we're going to put through a few nominations. Uh, first one, Megan Rapinoe, suggesting that. Well, not suggesting, but thirty saying Man United are an awful football club for not having a women's team. You've not even looked into the fucking history of the fact that we did have a women's team and it's come back in the last couple of fucking years and everything that happened in between. It's just a lazy comment based on something that you have absolutely no understanding of. And then she come out again today, didn't she, with the light-winding the English up with... Fucking the, the drinking of the tea and stuff. And that comment that you put in the group before, Danny, and I am going to say it. I couldn't give a fuck. I'm going to say it. This is an outstanding comment when the fucking lad pointed out backwards. Well, if it was your way around, we'd have to run into the crowd pretending to fucking shoot you all with a fucking AR-15. <laughs> See, here's an idea. If women's football was so, so successful in England, you wouldn't need Man United to step in. If it was that good, United wouldn't need to get involved or they already would have been involved. End of story. Just got a, a bee in a bonnet, aren't she, about the, the, the women's game and so-called inequality and all the rest of it. And we, we said, listen, 
we're four lads talking on a podcast, aren't we? We're probably not the best people to, to converse with on this. But I think we all agreed before, didn't we, that women's football, the standard is getting a hell of a lot better, particularly in the last five years. And especially recently, we were talking about the cup final, like that Everton keeper, that was one of the best goalkeeping performances I've seen. Yeah, honestly, outstanding, mate. But it's just not its not there yet. And the, the, the viewership's not there yet. But it will get there. Like, it will. And it's going to carry on progressing. And as a result, the women will get paid more and they'll get more attention. They'll get more opportunities and stuff. But it's, it's a process just like the men's game was. 30, 40 years ago, men weren't getting paid what they are now. No, like anything else, it's it's just something that progresses over a period of time, isn't it? Viewership. Yeah. If quality is better, you get more eyes on it, you get more money. It's simple as that. You can't pay for something that no one's watching. He's my dickhead of the week. Well, my, my nomination for dick of the week is UEFA, FIFA, medical teams and COVID checkers who decided to let at least five people play at least half a game of international football before then realising that the said players were tested positive for coronavirus. Hey, lads, we've only just got the football back. Let's not ruin it again and let everyone get infected. So is that a specific nomination or...? I mean, (laughs) just anyone involved in medical testing. I think it is horrific. How has Vida and Ben Yedder had to be dragged off at half-time because they've then found out that they've got a positive test. It's just awful. Like, us as normal people, if we have a test, we have to isolate. And even if it comes back negative, you still have to isolate. Footballers, you have a test. Oh, you've not got the result back yet? Nah, it's fine. Go and play, lads. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Is they've, they've clearly had a test. They've not had the result back. But yeah, you're in the starting 11, mate. Yeah. How does that make any sense whatsoever? You know, it's like, right, you've gone for a test. We haven't had the result. Right, we're going to, we're either going to put you on the bench or we're going to leave you out of the squad or whatsoever. It's, yeah. The mind boggles, mate. <laughs> Have you got a dick in the week, Dale? Uh, no, no, it would have been that, mate. Honestly, it would have been that. I, uh, when, I, when, I, when I read not once, not twice, but a whole bunch of times of the same thing happening in the space of about, Three or four days, yeah, I, I, I was just shaking my head. There was just, yeah, there's no words, is there, really? But. Two votes for COVID-19. <laughs> Josh? I'm going to just chip in with um, my dick of the week, which is Gareth Southgate. After watching England the other night and the team that he put out and the team that he's got at his disposal, I think tactically he doesn't have a fucking clue. I know we mentioned it at the start of the podcast as well. But he's my dick of the week because ultimately it was his tactics and the, the team he chose to go with that got us knocked out of that tournament. So, <laughs> fuck you, Gareth. You don't have a clue yeah. and you're my <laughs> dickhead of the week. <laughs> Gareth Southgate for essentially creating the 7-2-1 formation. <laughs> I mean, that's just for that and that alone, really. <laughs> Gareth Southgate to the FA like honestly this is in, his interview years ago must have been picture the scene 7-2-1 and all defenders are right footed <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, know. that's a unanimous vote for COVID-19 then I think for the dick of the week 
COVID-19, you are the dick of the week. COVID-19, you are the dick of the week. You are in illustrious company with Luckman. Can't <laughs> <laughs> wait get a year down the line and we have these like anniversaries like, oh, he was the dick of the week this time, um, this time last year. Oh, COVID, brilliant. And how poignant on COVID's first birthday that COVID should win this illustrious award of dickhead of the week. It's beautiful. I'll let you sign us off from there, Danny. Yes, thank you very much for listening to Podcast Boys uh, and Girls, if we have any female listeners. Um, sure to check out the socials, at Formance One Toffee. From Dale, Josh, Chris, Lee, and myself. Catch you on next time. Bye, Bye guys. Go for Domino's. Fuck you all. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the podcast. To support us, please follow us on social media by searching for at 4Manx1Toffee on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast stations, including Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts, and Anchor, as well as YouTube. Just search for 4Manx1Toffee. Thanks from myself, Lee, Danny, Dale, and Josh, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.